Welcome to the Resources for Integrated Care webinar, providing culturally competent care, meeting the LCSS needs of duly eligible beneficiaries. This podcast is excerpted from a webinar presented live on April 12, 2018. In this podcast, Jenna McDavid, National Managing Coordinator at Diverse Elders Coalition, discusses disparities in LTSS for diverse older adults. Hi, everybody. My name is Jenna McDavid, and I'm the National Managing Coordinator for the Diverse Elders Coalition. For my piece of this presentation, I'm going to talk a little bit about our coalition, and I'm going to share the highlights of some work that we did recently that shed light on the unique needs of diverse elders seeking long-term services and support. Next slide, please. So uh, first, let's talk about who the Diverse Elders Coalition is and who we represent. Uh, we are a national policy advocacy coalition working on behalf of elders in communities of color, American Indian and Alaska Native communities, and lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer or LGBTQ communities, as well as any elders whose identities may encompass more than one of those categories. Uh, we know that the United States is growing older, um, but it is also growing more diverse. And currently, one in five people in the United States is a person of color or an American Indian or Alaska Native elder. But by 2040, that number will jump up to one in three. And similarly, as acceptance grows for LGBT identities, more people are embracing their own sexual orientations and gender identities and coming out as LGBT. As a result, there are more supports that are needed for the growing population of diverse older Americans. Uh, the coalition's work focuses on strengthening policies and programs that enhance the health and well-being of diverse elders, and we call on lawmakers and service providers to craft targeted programming that address health disparities and acknowledges the lifetime of discrimination that many diverse elders have faced. Next slide, please. Our coalition members include five national aging advocacy and service organizations, um, some of whom you may already recognize. These are the National Asian Pacific Center on Aging, or NAPCA, in Seattle, Washington, the National Hispanic Council on Aging, or NACOA, in Washington, D.C., the National Indian Council on Aging, or NICOA, with an I, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, SAGE, who works on behalf of LGBT elders and is based in New York, New York, and the Southeast Asia Resource Action Center, or CRAC, based also in Washington, D.C. In 2010, the leadership of these five organizations came together to identify some projects and policies that would improve the lives of diverse elders. And since our founding, the coalition has built a strong collective political voice that advocates for the kinds of changes that will raise awareness of the unique aging needs of our communities and improve health equity for diverse elders. Next slide, please. So in 2016, the Administration for Community Living issued a public comment period on its guidance template for state and area agencies on aging. Um, we asked the diverse elders in our networks, as well as their caregivers and their family members, to respond to this public comment period with their thoughts on how their local aging agencies could better meet their needs. Over the 60-day comment period, the Diverse Elders Coalition collected nearly 5,000 comments from elders and community members in all 50 states, um, and we used print and digital comment cards that were translated into six different languages. We shared these comments with the ACL, and we hoped that they would use them to guide their policies and programs, but we also wanted to share the comments and our resulting recommendations with policymakers and service providers who work with diverse elders. Um, one of the most common themes through the comments that we collected from all different communities was the need for culturally and linguistically competent services. The elders who responded to our request for comments overwhelmingly talked about the challenges that they faced when accessing programming and services in their communities. Many services were not sensitive to the unique cultural or linguistic needs. 
I'm going to share a few highlights here from each of our coalition members, and then after this presentation, I invite you to contact us if you would like to be better connected to the communities and the community-based organizations in your area so that you can analyze and respond to the needs of the diverse elders you serve. If you would like to read the full report, you can find it on our website at diverseelders.org. Next slide. So when we, when we heard from Latino seniors during this campaign, we overwhelmingly heard about language challenges. A Pew Research report from 2015 found that just 4% of the Hispanic Americans who speak English very well are 65 or over. And we know that about only 1 in 10 Latino older adults accesses Older Americans Act services like Meals on Wheels or the National Family Caregiver Support Program, despite higher rates of poverty and chronic illness among Hispanic seniors when compared to white seniors. Many of the comments um, complained about the complex forms that have to be filled out in order to access services. And if the forms or your outreach materials aren't available in Spanish, you're losing clients even before they walk in the door. Next slide, please. The comments that we received from American Indian and Alaska Native elders reflected a dearth of services in tribal communities. We heard from elders who live on reservations or in border towns where there are only dirt roads, limited access to phone and internet services, and very few medical or service providers who are willing to travel out to Indian country. It was really clear to us that these elders and their family members wanted more LTSS options and services, but the providers really just aren't there. And often when they are there, um, providers don't necessarily form strong bonds with tribal communities and tribal governments to ensure that the services being provided are sensitive to the traditions and the beliefs of American Indian elders. One, uh, one story I heard that just haunts me to this day was about an American Indian woman who had developed dementia and no longer spoke very well, um, but she often wore traditional tribal garments uh, that were important and comforting to her. Uh, this woman was receiving care from in-home care workers who had not received training specific to the customs of her tribe, and on one occasion, they were unable to undress her, and they ended up cutting off her clothing in order to get her out, but in her community, those beliefs are that when clothing is cut from a person, it's only after they have died. Um, so her family found out about this later, and they were understandably upset about the breach of their tribal traditions. Um, Long-term services and supports in Indian country and serving American Indian and Alaska Native elders the issues there stem not just from having few options available, but also making sure that the options we have for tribal community members incorporate traditional foods and are respectful of beliefs and cultures while also delivering quality care. Next slide, please. For LGBTQ older adults, we heard that it wasn't necessarily language or geography that prevents them from accessing services, although that can also be the case. Um, but LGBT older adults' unique concerns really stem from a fear of discrimination. Like other groups served by the Diverse Elders Coalition, LGBT older adults face higher rates of poverty and social isolation, but they also have lived and are currently living through a time when they are criminalized for who they are and who they love. Uh, brand new AARP research just released last month found that more than 60% of LGBT adults aged 45 and over say that they're worried that a long-term care facility might refuse care or provide reduced care because of their identities. Uh, they also fear neglect or abuse at the hands of caregivers. So LGBT older adults overwhelmingly told us that they need health and social service providers to be open, welcoming, and affirming to LGBT elders, many of whom have no children or close biological family members to support them. We've heard alarming stories from older adults who had to present as siblings or cousins in long-term care settings, when in reality they're partners. Uh, we've heard stories of care providers misgendering older adults who identify as transgender, uh, both intentionally and unintentionally. And we heard about outright refusal to provide care from religiously affiliated service providers who think that their uh, religious freedom grants them a license to discriminate against LGBT communities. 
these policies and practices are having an enormous impact on the ability of LGBT older adults to age in good health and with dignity. Next slide, please. And finally, the last group I want to discuss is the Asian American, Pacific Islander, and Native Hawaiian, or AAPI communities. Many people look at the research around AAPI aging and think, wow, you know, the health of these communities seems quite good in comparison to other communities of color. Uh, their educational attainment is good, but uh, that's actually the really insidious model minority myth, which masks some of the very real challenges and widespread discrimination that AAPI older adults access or face when they access services and support. Um, providers have to remember that the umbrella term Asian and Pacific Islander actually encompasses as many as 25 different ethnic subgroups living in the United States who speak over 50 different languages. And when you break down the categories, you'll discover that some AAPI populations are faring much worse than others. Um, our coalition member of the Southeast Asia Resource Action Center created the infographic that you see on this slide based on research from the National Asian Pacific Center on Aging as well as the comments that the coalition received during our campaign. When we look at just the populations defined as Southeast Asian Americans, which include Vietnamese Americans, Hmong Americans, Laotian Americans, and Cambodian Americans, we've found that as many as 90% of these older adults are limited English proficient, and many are living in households where no one speaks English at all. The comments that we received from these communities spoke about the frustration that they experienced when trying to use automated phone menus or read mail that came in from service providers. And in a lot of these cases, there are few supports in their communities to help with filling out these forms, translating letters, or helping older adults navigate the services and supports that are available to them. Next slide, please. So all of the findings from our comment card project, including health disparities, sample comments, and our three recommendations for policymakers and service providers are available in our report, Aging with Health and Dignity, Diverse Elders Speak Up. This work is unique because the foundational material which guides our recommendations here, as well as our coalition's work moving forward, is the voices of the elders themselves. Um, the remainder of our presentation today is going to speak to some of the strategies that LTSS providers are using to reach populations like those served by the Diverse Elders Coalition. And at the end of the webinar, we'll have some additional resources for you to check out. And again, if you want to read this report, you can find it at diverseelders.org. Thank you for listening. This podcast is presented by the Loon Group and is supported through the Medicare-Medicaid Coordination Office at the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. MMCO is dedicated to helping beneficiaries enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid have access to seamless, high-quality health care that includes the full range of covered services in both programs. To support providers in their efforts to deliver more integrated, coordinated care, MMCO is developing technical assistance and actionable tools based on successful innovations in care models. To learn more about our current efforts and resources, please visit our website, or follow us on Twitter for more details. Our Twitter handle is at integrate underscore care.